Good morning. This is Rose McConnell, and you're listening to Episode 7 of the Fit Institute Podcast. If you've listened to our earlier podcast, you know that the Season 1 is devoted to talking about educational debt and how to avoid going into educational debt. Season 2 is going to be dealing with deferment, forbearance, and bankruptcy. So if you already have student loans that you find unmanageable, we're going to be addressing those in Season 2. But we're still doing Season 1 right now, and we're going to be talking with people who have gotten their post-high school education without incurring significant amounts of debt. And fortunate to have our first guest of the podcast with us today, who is Beth Aroni Bird. And I'm excited to hear about Beth and what she has accomplished and how she managed to do that without going into debt. Because I think for a lot of people, it seems to be a given that they expect to begin their life work with owing other people a lot of money. So, Beth, if we can begin a little bit with you about what you do professionally and what sort of education that you got. I know uh, that you were homeschooled, and you can talk a little bit about about that. I don't know if you all of your sort of pre-college education was homeschooling. I don't know if you went to a standard four-year college or professional training. So just launch into it. Tell me a little bit about what you do now and what sort of sort of post-homeschooling education that you have. All right. So currently I work as a chef de partie. So my education is in the culinary field and it is a bit of a combination of a few of the things you mentioned. So I began, I was educated at home through high school and I began college at the local in-state university. And partway through that, the university transitioned their uh, hands-on, more technical college-type programs over to a new um, state college. So I transferred from the University of Boise State to the College of Western Idaho. And then after I'd finished with my first degree, which is my associate's degree in the culinary arts, I transferred back to Boise State University and added two more years of academics to turn it into a bachelor's degree in applied science. Wow. So you have a, a four-year undergraduate degree. And did you do that in four years? People are typically taking, well, not typically, but I would have to say the average number of years now to graduate is six. I, I was slightly better than the average, but mm-hmm. four and a half years. Four and a half. Well, that's, that's great. That, that's excellent. And so how long have you been out? I graduated in the fall of 2012. Okay, so not so long ago and at a time when um, college tuition rates had started to increase substantially. They College loans doubled between 2010 and 2016. Tuition was only going up, I think, on average, if you spread it across all colleges, only 8% per year. But, of course, some colleges were doing better than others. So did you have to take out any loans in order to complete your college education? Not as such. I was loaned money by my parents, which is a zero interest loan, which is the preferred form. (laughs) Yes, it is. And have you found that you've been able to repay that with your employment after college, or are you still in the process of repaying that, or what's the status of that? 
I am out of debt currently. I was able to pay for some of my college during college. So I always had a summer job during my college years. Mm-hmm. And I paid for my textbooks, and then I usually paid for my fall semester. And then I received some assistance with most of my spring semesters, since it was further removed from my income. But I had paid everything back within two years of graduating. Wow. Congratulations. That is quite an accomplishment. That is really something, because many people hadn't repaid anything within seven years after graduating. And they, as a result of the compounding interest, obviously owe substantially more. Uh, So to have repaid it in full after two years is really extraordinary. Well, I'm a little bit curious. I think that people don't really know what to expect when they get into college, and that's probably why so many people are taking so much longer to graduate now. And you coming out of a homeschooling situation, what I'm curious what how you found transitioning into an institutional learning set situation. Did, was that was that difficult, surprising? Were there aspects of it that you hadn't anticipated? Yes, I'd say there were aspects of it that were difficult and then aspects of it that seemed to be easier for me than for some of the students who were transitioning out of traditional high school. And some of that was responsibility levels and management of schedules, which I was used to doing on my own more. Mm -hmm. And then there seemed to be less clarity and communication, which was difficult. You were saying that you think you had more experience structuring your own time and planning for yourself is that correct than people coming out of high school is that there was a degree of me being comfortable with managing my own projects which I saw other people developing during their college years that I was comfortable with going into it and then again with the communication I was used to one-on-one communication with the person who was directly in control of what I was doing. And so transitioning from that to a spectrum of teachers, in addition to uh, different governing bodies, as I said, I transitioned between schools mid-program. And when I did that, I ran into advisors who were not aware of my program and therefore had no idea what guidelines to give me for what I needed to do for graduation. And again, when I transitioned back to complete my four-year degree, I ended up having to craft what I wanted to do because the advising I was receiving did not, to me, relate to what I needed. Well, that's an interesting observation. And I'm curious about that because of this thing where it's taking people now on average six years to graduate, and I'm just wondering how hands-on, how shall I say, the the direction that you get from the college is. And it sounds like in your own case that it wasn't actually that helpful for you, that you had to do more of your own structure for what you needed to cl- complete your training than, than the college was providing guidance on. Is that correct or not correct? That's correct. I had to do, once I realized that they were not as dialed into what was going on as I was hoping for when I asked them for advice, I had to do more legwork myself to establish what needed to be done and what I could do. 
And so with that, how applicable did you find your training that you got in college to your profession? Because now you're working in the culinary arts. Is that right? Or you're a that is correct. Mm-hmm. I am actually, I cook on a hotline. So I'm a grill cook right now, which oh. means a lot of steaks. Oh. Not, not a lot of baking at the moment, although I have done that in the past. Uh-huh. And so you work in a restaurant? I do, yes, in a hotel restaurant. Oh, okay. And so did you think that your the training that you got in your program prepared you well for your current experience, or do you think that you could have done it without the degree? I mean, how, how applicable, how, how useful? I think to me it was very useful. It was a soft entry into the fields. I know many people in the field who do not go through a four-year degree and reach the level I am at, but I think that the college experience helped me transition into the professional kitchen, and I also think that it's helped me with a groundwork that allows me to transition toward the managerial higher positions. I think that that would be important, that if you want to get into management, that they would expect you to have more formal education. Is that is that your sense of it now having worked for several years in the industry? Is that It does depend on which part of the industry you're in. I've tended to work for larger corporations where they do care a little bit more what your background and degrees are and maybe asking you for the management of a larger operation. But in smaller kitchens where it's more of a traditional one restaurant kitchen, it's not necessarily as important. Mm -hmm. And do you have management responsibilities now? Do you have other staff that you manage? I do not. I have in the past. I, this current job I began about eight months ago, and it was an effort to move closer to home. Previously to that, I had spent a year to two years in a slightly managerial position. Right. And do you have responsibilities for buying or is that a, is that a separate uh... purchasing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to say. Mm -hmm. Not right now. No. Uh -huh. That's actually one that I I trained in with my previous job, but never actually have had to handle on my own. With this, when you were you were going to college and you were working and how much did you and your family talk about the cost and how the cost would be managed? One of the things, just so you, that you know this and sort of where I'm coming from, is that I see in talking with young people, their parents have signed off on these Parent PLUS loans where the parents take on the obligation to pay, but they really expect the student will be repaying these loans, even though the parents are legally obligating themselves to do that. They haven't apparently talked to their children any about what it might take to amortize thirty or forty or fifty or sixty thousand dollars worth of debt and and what that might mean. And so in your own family, how much did you, did you, time do you spend talking with your family about the costs and how you would manage the costs? And did you feel like you had a good sense of what it meant to? to owe somebody else money, even if it's your parents? I, mean. I think that directly going into college, we didn't sit down and talk about it very much, more because we'd already discussed money management 
throughout the years. So as I was growing up, I had a bank account. And when I received my allowance up until the time I graduated high school, I believe, until every time I received my allowance, a certain portion of it was obligated to go into the bank account as savings. So there was a habit of saving money and a habit of being responsible for your own money that was already in place when I started college. And I feel like there was actually a bit of surprise on my part that they were paying for it for me because the uh, I was in the attitude where going into debt wasn't something you did. During college, they actually encouraged me to focus on what I was spending the money on, focus on school rather than focusing too hard on picking up a lot of work and paying it all off at once. But my goal when I graduated was I'm not incurring this expense anymore. I'm making an income. I'm going to pay it off. And what about your fellow students? I mean, do people talk about this? Did you, did you see people using their student loans to take beach vacations or everybody seemed to be working hard? I mean, as I said, the thing that surprises me most in talking with people is their sort of nonchalance about debt. And I'm curious, though, you have actually been in a school situation where people probably were, a lot of your classmates probably were taking on some debt. Did people talk about it? What was their attitude about it? What could you discern about that? I don't remember it being a subject in school. I do know that a lot of my classmates also had at least a part-time job during college, mm -hmm. which is encouraged in that field because it is a, I'm forgetting the word that is usually used, but the, the trade school type of mentality. So we did catering hours our second semester where we found local restaurants and worked for them at no cost to gain experience. And that is actually where I gained my first job was an offer through the catering process. And by the time we were graduating, I believe we all had jobs in the field already. That's great. That seems like the kind of statistic that, uh, that a college should be bragging about. On the other hand, my class started out as 25 and ended as, I think, eight. Ooh. <laughs> that's not the kind of statistic that they want to be bragging about right there. And that's, that's a really big deal because um, it seems to be the case is that a significant number of people who begin college don't finish. And... Of course, it, with some some colleges have a higher dropout rate than others, but that's a pretty big rate of people leaving the program, is to say two-thirds of the people who started didn't finish. If somebody is thinking about going into the culinary arts thing, what would you think is the most important thing for them to start doing as a young person? Say that they're 17, 18 years old, and they're thinking, this is what I would be interested in doing. What would you think, based now, having a few years to look back on it, having gotten some, the education, what would you think? This would be, you know, this would have been a good path, or this was the right thing for me to do at this point. I think working with food is pretty much the basic thing you want to do to get started in it. And it's can be amazing how many people want to start cooking and come into either school or the workplace but aren't familiar with food. Grew up in a family where people didn't prepare meals. Is that what 
Yeah, there's there's some of that. They grew up in a family where people didn't prepare meals or they're just what they think can be prepared is not as broad as it really is. You can make most things from scratch and this will take people aback because even if you grow up in a family that regularly prepares meals, you might not regularly make your own mayonnaise. But it's a fairly simple thing to do and fairly normal in a professional kitchen. Then if you were going to give advice to somebody, would you say, well, if you think you're interested in this, then it's important to to begin your education when you begin working. It's important to work first for a couple years before you pursue education. It's important to get this particular kind of training in college. What what would you say to, to somebody who is saying, I think I want to work in the culinary arts? I'd say that you have to be careful of wanting to get into it because you're good at cooking at home because it's a different pace and it's a different it's a different style of cooking than you actually do at home, which is sometimes hard on people who are transitioning because of that. But one of the main things I would say is don't go to a culinary school because I've worked with students who have gone into this is one place actually where I have student heard students talk about debt and the quantity of debt they had. And that's students who went to the actual set aside specifically for culinary school where they charge you a lot more and comparing the education I got from going to the in-state college and focusing on what I was doing and trying to get as much as I could from that versus what they get going to the culinary school where they kind of assume they're getting everything they know and aren't necessarily focusing on it very hard, it's comparable. And I had to pay a lot less for it. I, I think that's a critical piece of information because, as I say, the, the whole focus of this podcast is to get people to start thinking about money. And they just need to, they need to start thinking about this in this era of sort of the freely available student loans has allowed people to avoid thinking about this. And so this cost differential that you're talking about between local and technical and community college schools, in-state tuition versus out-of-state tuition, and these privately funded sort of semi-professional professional training schools is a huge cost differential, especially if you're talking about people who have a, a success rate of one-third coming to graduation, then it really matters if you've taken on a lot of debt when you began that that training. Well, that's a really that's a really important idea I think to share with people is to investigate your local educational opportunities, to investigate your in-state opportunities, and as I always say, to you know make make costs be a factor in your decision. I, that to me seems to be so critical. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's very basic and yet overlooked. Think about costs before you start. Yeah, that's that does seem to be um, important. Would you have anything else that you you would like to share based on you? It seems to me, Beth, that you have. You have launched. I mean, I, I have a have an acquaintance who's who actually has a program that's called Failure to Launch because uh, he works with young people who are in their late 20s and early 30s and they're still living at home and they don't have gainful regular employment and maybe they got some credit card debt and I think that you've really made a really great successful transition into have my degree, manage my debt 
got work experience in different fields. What do you think is the most important thing that you did that got you to this point? I think I chose a good career for me. Part of what actually got me to move away from home and out of the house was the fact that I wanted to expand what I could do in my field, which I couldn't do staying local and staying at home. So after college, when I was looking into jobs that would help me to keep learning, because the idea that you come out of college and know what you need to know for the field is a little bit absurd, too. You you know what you need to start learning. But what I ended up doing was enrolling in another program through a company that transitioned me through four different kitchens in two years with chefs who had signed on within that company who wanted to teach new cooks how to not only cook better, but look at the management aspect of things, look at scheduling and ordering and how to be, reach that higher level in the kitchen. Well, that's excellent. Thanks so much for stopping by today. Thanks for having me on. You have been listening to episode 07 of the Fit Institute podcast today, and we have been talking with Beth Aroni Bird about her experience getting her education to work in the culinary arts and a couple of important tips that she came away with or that we came away with from our talk with her today was one that she thought she got a better education at a lower cost using an in-state school rather than a specialty culinary arts institution and secondly that she needed additional training following graduating from college that while she learned a lot that was not adequate really to prepare her to work in a kitchen. Please share this episode with any friends that you think might be interested in pursuing this as a professional path. Please sign up for our email list at www.fit.institute. New episodes come out on Mondays and Thursdays. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please let us know of topics you would like to have us cover in future episodes. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.